And welcome back to another episode of Dollar Menu Mid-Carters. I'm sure as shit tired of starting our episodes that way, but I can't think of anything better. Well, we could do it like, uh, as their ratings decline, <laughs> Dollar Menu Mid-Carters are back at it again. <laughs> Begging you, please. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, this episode, we're going to finally pay off a tease. I don't know how many shows we've teased this El Generico story. I think three. But uh, We're going to pay that off here in a second. Um, then we're going to kind of get into our history in the state of Texas, which obviously, you know, th- that'll have to expand over several podcasts. We, uh, we wrestled in Texas for, what, five years consistently, like every month we were going to Texas? Yeah, basically. Uh, and then, I- Pulled How up. many years overall? Like, combined? I think I stopped going in 2016. So, yeah. I think I debuted in 2010? Yeah. Question so. mark? I, so, we were going to Texas so much at one time where people started thinking we lived there. <laughs> like, we, uh, we were there at least twice a month at one point and i remember there were a couple months where we were going there every weekend because we started getting other bookings but yeah but anyway so i guess let's dive into this el generico story this is one of our better stories just so everybody knows it is probably uh, our best story if we're being honest yeah I mean, it's this one the big boss family entertainment one which is a tease we're not telling that one today but This is top three. So, this, so what pretty much happens with this is, I don't know the exact dates of all this shit was years ago, but uh, a couple months leading up to this show, I get an email from uh, Claudio, who I guess fans would know is a Cesaro now. Uh And he tells me he is booked on a show in Illinois. They're flying him into St. Louis. He asks if we are booked and if we would be willing to pick him up to the from the airport and let him ride with us to the show. Because at this point, we've worked with him on a couple of shows, and we know him not fairly well, but like just slightly under fairly well. Right. I mean, we had we had worked for Chikara by this time. Uh, he had come to ACW twice, and we had brought him in one time to LWA. So, like, we're not best friends with the guy, but we know him. Like, we're or, we're good know. acquaintances. Right. So, he asked me if he could ride with us. I say, yeah, actually, we are booked on this show. That's not a problem at all. Fast forward a few days later, I get a phone call from El Generico, who we know better than we know Claudia. You know, Generico, we brought in twice. We had took a 13-hour one-way road trip with him to Texas. Uh, he, had, Gary, had worked with him on a like a Dragon Gate USA show. Like, I mean, we had we know him better than what we would know Claudio. So he calls me, and he tells me, "Hey, I'm booked on this show, flying into St. Louis." I tell him, "Okay, yeah, uh, Claudio is too. We're already taking him. We can get you as well." He goes, so how well do you know this promoter? And I tell him, well, quite well. He's kind of a douchebag. This is old D.A. Morrison, where if you listen to our last episode with Christian Rose, 
we talk about D.A. Morrison. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, we couldn't tell this story without the setup from Rose to talk about D.A. Morrison. So it worked perfectly. Right. Right. This dude's a piece of shit promoter. And we I already knew this at this time. So Generico proceeds to ask me if I think he can trust him because he's doing a three-way flight split with D.A. Morrison. Um, I think... Um, International Wrestling Cartel was the other one. And there was a third place. I don't remember the exact places. And pretty much the deal was he would buy his own flight and then he would get the flight split from each promotion on his stops that weekend. I tell him there's no way I would do that because... I don't trust the DA is going to have that money. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell him. He goes ahead and does it and books the flight because he wants to make the money from the other two places. He'd have to cancel a three-show weekend if he didn't do it. So he goes ahead and does it. So <laughs> the next twist of this story is I get an email from Claudio a couple weeks later. At which he goes, hey, man, really appreciate you being willing to help me out. Unfortunately, the show's been canceled. I'm sure you've heard. So I won't be coming into St. Louis. I email him back and go, well, that's weird. I haven't heard anything about this show being canceled. I really hope he told Generico because he's already booked him a flight to come here. So I give the hold to D.A. Morris and I go, hey. Does Generico know this show's canceled? Because um, if it is, you're, you're going to have to figure something out because he's already bought a flight with his own money to come here. He emails me back, says, show's not canceled. Uh, it's just going to be a meet and greet now with Generico. No show, just a meet and greet. Which isn't weird at all. <laughs> right. I go, okay. Well, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous, but... Sure. Um, you know, time passes. DA was running these shows every week. So the Sunday before the meet and greet, out of nowhere, he announces there's going to be a show again. Show's back on with a week to promote. And Generico is going to be on this show uh, facing Brandon Espinosa. So, you know, week passes. We go pick up Generico from the airport. He gets off this aircraft in a panic. He says to us, um, promoters texting me. He's telling me that he has the money for my flight, but does not have any of the money for my rate and isn't going to be able to have it. I go, well, fantastic. <laughs> Sweet. This is about... How long was this? Like what? Like an hour, forty-five minute, two-hour drive for us from St. Louis? Yeah, I think I think we I, I booked it in an hour and a half just because um, we were worried. Right. So I tell him, I guess we're gonna go to the show anyway because we have to collect your. Uh, you're gonna hear my dog barking now because I'm pretty sure our delivery guy is here. So cool. Do you need me to pause? Yeah, let's take a quick break. Say quick break. We're not going to like pause to stop the episode. We're just going to hit pause and come right back. So you won't even notice. 
Okay, so it was nothing. It was a big scare. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm waiting for my food delivery, so uh, the dog's going to bark again when the food actually arrives. But anyway, I say to Generico, I go, okay, we have to go out to this show anyway because have to collect uh, your flight money, so we have to go anyway. Off we go. I text Matt Cage, Alex Castle, I think Christian Rose. Pretty sure the three. I know for sure Castle and Cage. I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure Rose is on this too. And I say to them, I can't tell you why, but do not let D.A. Morrison leave that venue. If you have to physically restrain him, do not let him leave. I'll tell you why when I get there. The entire time we're driving to this venue, Generico is talking to us about how this has never happened to him before. Like, he doesn't know how to handle this um, in his entire career. He's never dealt with anything like this, so he doesn't really know what to do. And I say, well, we're going to go there. We're going to get your flight money. We're going to try to get the rest of your money, and then we're going to leave. You know, we're gonna, we'll try to figure it out. While we're en route to this venue, D.A. Morrison is texting me over and over again asking where we are, how far away we are, things like that. I won't reply to him because I don't want him to know how far out we are because I don't want him to try to take off. Yeah. I think so Castle and Cage in. told us that they had conversation. Whenever DA would go out, they would go outside and have conversations behind his car. You know what I mean? Link. Right. Yeah, yeah. They were like outside around his car so they could make sure he didn't get in it. Uh, we pull into the venue, and the scene is Castle Cage, maybe Rose. I can't remember if Rose was there. I don't and think he is. They're standing behind his car, and then D.A. is just pacing in the parking lot. So we pull up. Here comes the dog barking again. Let's take a quick break. All right. Well, cliffhanger, you son of a bitch. When last we left off, the dog was barking, which woke up my cat, but now we're going to continue the story. We've pulled in, DA is pacing, Cage and Castle are guarding his car, and here we stroll. Right, so if I remember right, the first thing that happens here is uh, DA gets him and Generico have a conversation, where Generico... And probably the most polite way I've ever heard <laughs> yells at him. But he never really yells. He just keeps saying, man, this is so unprofessional. Like, I trusted that you would have this. And, you know, you should really have the money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But he's being very nice to him. Mm -hmm. He scolds him. Not yells at him. He scolds him. Like, D.A. is right. like his child. His, his dumb child. Right. So, if I remember right... Either you or Generico tell him to go ask his business partner if if he would have the money. I don't remember which one of you that was. I, I think it was Generico. My shining moment comes at the end. Right. So yeah, I think he, it was yeah. Generico because he had mentioned he had a business partner, which turns out to be his girlfriend. Well, right now, the business partner is Josh Top. But he's not really his business partner. Like, Josh Totten 
helped run IWAU and he helped out on these shows, but they weren't like business partners like we were business partners in Anarchy. Just yeah. Josh Todd was just another dude that was there. There was no way he was going to have this money. Which was and a fair was, amount of money. Right, and that's what I was getting ready to say. This is one thing I won't say on the podcast is like exactly how much money it was. Thirty bucks. I don't feel like that's fair to Generico, even though he's long retired. To, yeah. Uh, talk about what his rate was, so we're not going to say exact dollar amounts here, but it's a fair amount. Um. So I guess DA had given him the flight money. Yeah. Uh, DA comes back hands him a amount of money. I will say it's not even half of what his rate was going to be that day. I think it was a quarter of what it was supposed to be. He takes that money. Uh, he walks off. Now, there's a big white van here that's parked between your car. So it goes like your car, white van, some space, entrance to the venue. Mm-hmm. I know that DA is on the other side of that van standing there. Yeah. So I know he can hear us talking. So Generico then's like, well, what are we going to, what we, what am I supposed to do? I can go, well, here's what I think. I think I'm going to walk in there, drag him outside, beat the shit out of him, take his wallet, whatever's in it, we'll take, and I'll throw him down in the woods there. And then we will leave. Now, was I really going to do that? I don't feel comfortable answering that on the podcast. <laughs> but I have a theory that the money is always there. You just have to get it. Rather, it is by force or by making them think that you are going to forcefully take this money. By force or by fear. Right. So I know he can hear us, and I say that. So then... Through all this happening, I know for sure we're not getting paid on this thing. Because I'm more worried about him getting his money. Yeah. But I do want to at least get our transportation. So I do go around. I go, hey, get your wallet out. Let me see your wallet. Again, this is another time. (laughs) He opens his wallet. I reach in. I grab what's out of it. 60 bucks. I go, okay, this will cover our gas. And whatever there is after gas, we will split between... Me, you, and Gary, and that'll be what we make to be here today. And now we will keep focusing on what we need to do here. Which is funny that he just didn't give that to Generico as well. Like, he kept money. Right, right. Which is why the F or F comes into play, by force or by fear. Right. So from there, we're just kind of sitting in your car as Generico has this moral debate with himself because I'm saying we're leaving mm-hmm. you know I mean unless if we're going to physically do something to this man let's go yep uh, Generico keeps saying well he did give me some money I feel like I need to you know do something I mean he did pay me something and I remember going dude listen that amount of money is for you wasting your fucking time for you wasting your day that is why you're gonna we're gonna take this money and we are going to leave. I go, you are not and here's a man that's been all over the world and I'm like yelling at him, going, You are not wrestling for that amount of money here. 
It's like, that's bullshit. This dude fucked you over. We are going to leave. Mm-hmm. You go to start your car. Well, wait, doesn't, don't we have like a, just a small discussion about doing like, shouldn't like, all right, well, I'm not going to wrestle, but he'll do the signing thing that DA had mentioned. Wasn't that like a no, bit of a discussion? No, he, no, he, he was, he was talking about wrestling since there was a show and I was under the, I was not going to allow, no. we were going to leave. Yeah, he was in the back seat. He had no control. Right. We were leaving. He, you know, we're, you start your car, here comes the DA with his phone. Flip phone, by the way, in case you were wondering. He's like, oh, we'll talk to him because they're about to make him leave. Like, we're the bad guys. Right. Hands his phone to Generica. It's DA Morrison's girlfriend. This whole fucking shit show is happening on Father's Day. She's at her Father's Day dinner in Chicago. She's willing to leave the dinner drive the way from Chicago to wherever fucking shit fucking city we're in in Illinois. We're three hours away. I remember wherever she was, we were three hours from her. Right. To give him the rest of his rate. Generico, this man is one of the nicest dudes I've come across in wrestling. By far. If it was me and I'm coming from where he came from, (laughs) I'm saying, sure, okay. He tells her, no, it's not your responsibility to drive all the way down here and give me money. He should have had it here. I'm not going to have you drive three hours. I think I'm just going to leave. I think we're just going to go. He hangs up the phone, hands it to DA. You put the car in reverse, and right as you're backing out, you go, well, wait a minute. Does she have PayPal? He calls her back, says that she does have PayPal. She PayPals him the rest of the money to, you know, to him. He has his full rate in flight. He wrestles Brandon Espinosa in front of a capacity crowd of 25 people. If that, and yeah. We ride a, <laughs> and then we ride off into the sunset where we go to the Golden Corral and he buys all of our dinner for helping him get his money. And that is the El Generico story. I want want to really emphasize how I came in at the end to save the day there. Yeah, man. Because we were were leaving. Car was in motion. And then you just thought of it last minute. Uh, Yeah. Like, you know. So so the man goes through all that D.A. Morrison. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And you, you would think. Like, okay, this dude's learned his lesson. Seven days later is when he fucks over Christopher Daniels on the show we were talking about on the Christian Rose podcast. Yep, look for it in our archives. I've I've learned that's the term you use for past episodes with yeah. Christian so, Rose. He did not learn his lesson. From there, he went on to screw over many other wrestlers, start having aliases to try to book wrestlers. and He's definitely... Like, in my starting lineup of biggest pieces of shit I've met in the business. And I will go ahead and answer that. I would have fucked that dude up. Don't even believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it would have happened. All right, like well. I in front of the name talent because it makes me look unprofessional. <laughs> but some people deserve it. Some people do. So, there was it. Um, hopefully that was everything you guys wanted it to be and more. Um... Because El Generico is the nicest guy. We've teased the story three times. 
And finally, I'm trying to think if there's any small detail. Oh, yeah. Uh, you and I wrestle Cage and Castle. And the go-home is you reverse a figure four on Cage and tap him out. Yeah, like, that was funny. And another little side funny bit of this is, uh, you know, over dinner, we're talking. He's like, I can't believe this. This has never happened to me before. And we start telling him about all the shit places we've come across in our travels. Like, we were only screwed out of money, I would say, I think twice. Both times in Indiana. Yeah. Um, but as far as going to shit places, we have a plethora of stories about that. Because that's what we used to do. Like, some of these shit places would pay pretty good, so we just go there to make some money. But, boy, they were horrible. And we start rattling off some of our stories to him, and he's just, I remember he started firing up in the Golden Corral because <laughs> he just couldn't believe it. Yeah. And uh, that's when we were, uh, after all this, I started talking to Mike Burns and Robles about doing, because uh, they were doing all those best on the indie series back then. I was like, you guys need to do one of us and call it the Submission Squad of Real Life Trail of Tears. <laughs> we'll tell all of our fucking horrible stories. That's a bit of an ex extreme name, but all right, fine. We, you, we should, it should have been called the worst of the Indies. That's us. Right. No need to bring the Native American people into this, you bastard. All right. Oh, man. We're going to take a quick break and not like his food breaks where we're actually going to pause. There'll be a tone and then, uh, you know, uh, one of us will probably plug something. Or, or this will be where we'll put the rose food for thought if we're feeling lazy. So bear with us. And welcome back to a food for thought, or whatever I'm going to call this. Um, so we're a week out from Ladies Night. Well, Ladies Night is this week. It's actually, we're recording on Monday. It's actually Friday. So yep, yep. we've got a little bit of time. Uh, we thought we'd take a minute to talk about a couple things that happened and in both in the Anarchy world and in the Twitterverse. Jackson? Yeah. Uh, so real quick, we recorded what they're listening to now we recorded that last week so in part one you will hear me say that i don't remember the guy's house we stayed at when we first went down to texas yeah. you might hear that in the next part of this either way it's on this podcast his name is Raphael, and i believe his manager name was stan the center summers so uh, I, that did come to me over the week <laughs> also on that note um it actually will be in the second part of the podcast because the first part is, remember, the Generico story. Uh, right, yeah. Way to, way to listen to the product, asshole. Um, wow. So, also, side thought, what are some of your favorite Galliano Lane, uh, Lane uh, lines? What are some of the things that Galliano, whoever that gentleman was, said that really made you <laughs> laugh? Oh, man, there are all kinds of them. And, and, and quite frankly, some of them probably aren't appropriate to repeat now, years later. But, Ooh, you know uh, what? That's a good point. You know what, audience? Don't go look for Galliano Lane on ACW yeah. Commentary. I, I honestly don't know when I did the voice, but don't go look for it then. That's a good point. Well, well Times you know, change. I, don't think, I don't think that anything was said that was overly offensive, but we didn't, like... I'm surprised fucking Masada and Scott didn't come say something to us when Galliano Lane called their match at, like, the birthday bash. Shut up. We, we should have took that more seriously. But anyway, 
to dive into some anarchy stuff. Um, I, this isn't really like a state of the anarchy address, but I, I do want to cover some stuff. Um, ladies night is this Friday. GA tickets are still available at ladies night 19.bpt.me. And I mean, we need to start moving some of those. Like I don't, I make a point to not lie to the fan base, and this isn't me like going, oh my god, you gotta buy tickets or we're gonna go out of business. But I will say that like this hasn't been as successful as I thought it would be. Now, we're not at the show yet. I don't know what walk-up's gonna be. I don't know what pre-sale we're gonna have between now and then. And it's not like terrible by any means, but I was expecting this to do a little bit better than what it has done. And uh so, you know, if you're on the fence about coming out, hopefully you make the decision to come out. Um, it's going to be a good show. I'm excited to bring the first ever all-women show to the St. Louis area. And, you know, hopefully, you know, people join us for it. Yeah, and like every other show, um, we're going to talk about Ladies Night probably the day or the next day after it. So yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll still get podcast. that. Yeah. <laughs> So there's no um, reason not to go see it, then hear our thoughts on it. Right. Well, and I'm a little, you know, I'll be the first to admit, too, I can be a little pessimistic at times. <laughs> like yeah, when no we, shit. Uh, when we rolled in the march, I wasn't real happy with that pre-sale, with it being a Saturday show and all that, and we ended up with the highest attendance we've ever had. So I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh, it's horrible, but... You know, I, I, it isn't where we want it to be. It is our lowest pre-sale by far right now that we've had since our return. So what you're and saying I is we're like, going out of business. This is the last no, Anarchy but, show and the last Anarchy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I'd like to see it pick up. And if we're going to do Ladies Night 2, you know, that it does have to pick up because that's just kind of the nature, like, I said it a few podcasts ago. You're going to hear me all the time, like beating a fucking drum, say that we don't, we don't have a fine. I don't have a financial backer. I don't have someone giving me money or a business partner. It is 100. This thing goes 100% on how the tickets sell, and and that, that that's what this does. And, we can so even get a newspaper be... to re- re- respond back to us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, that, that was kind of sad. And we emailed a lot of local news. We even got uh, some media well, packages know. from some news, filled those <laughs> yeah. out, and we're like, and we ha- got the, oh, we'll call you later. Right. And it just, you know, that kind of sucked. I kind Because I don't normally do that. We don't normally email local news only because our shows aren't, what you would say are family friendly. So I don't want to trot on Fox two news in the morning, but go, yeah, bring the family on out to the St. Louis anarchy show. And then, you know, Nick Gage is biting Gary on his head, slicing him open. And people are like, Oh, (laughs) this is not at all family friendly. But for ladies ladies night, this is kind of a historic thing. So I wanted to reach out to the local medias and be like, hey, we're bringing the first ever all-female event to St. Louis. And nothing, like not really any, like not negative response, just not really any responses at all. 
that, that, that kind of sucks. But uh, and we got shit on him for it. Like I don't know. I can't <laughs> yeah. prove that what Derek Stone said was towards us, but it seemed obvious <laughs> it towards it. I'll say because I mean I I don't care. Like people can say what they want. Like we called, we waited, we got the media kits. They said they'd call us within the next two days. We gave them like we gave them three days. Called on a Friday to leave a message, and then called again. I think what did Tommy call like Wednesday afterwards? Like he gave them time. It's not like we called nothing. We called and called and called and called, and then just shit on them on social media. And we we never answer. And we didn't shit on them on social media. That that was just trying to maybe get a response through Twitter. And I mean, look, man, I don't want this to turn into like trying to bitch or place blame anywhere like i'm just trying to say i'd like to see tickets pick up you know derek was probably was talking about us yes that's what he does and derek if you're listening just send me a fucking dm <laughs> you don't have to like go online you're a grown man so you know it is what it is i don't care about it. but i just i want to talk a minute like we lost the besties for may forever <laughs> It sucks, but, you know, I'm happy for him that that is what this promotion was created for. Um, I I know as an Anarchy fan, it sucks because you want to see the besties in Spalding Hall and all that. So do I. But, you know, this is what this this is what was supposed to happen. Uh, they'll be back for Circus Maximus. I mean, unless something happens with, you know, their UK stuff, then they, they wouldn't be there for that. But as of right now, you know, they're going to be there for Circus Maximus, and I believe we have them for our September date that we'll announce later on. But, you know, this is just kind of how this is going to be, and that's why it's always support important to support because, you know, guys like the besties and Gary and Jake Parnell and, you know, Jeremy Wyatt, Larry D, and Jake Durden, a lot of our guys, they are, you know, right there on the brink and one day they're not going to be available every show and there are times where you know when you're at the level that they are now where you're like a fringe guy that you're right there on the verge of breaking out things like this happen where you do a tour of the uk and you don't really know when you're going back and they tell you oh we want you to come back at this time and then you have to do it and it just so happened that they have to go back and they're going back and it falls on hog wild. That's the nature of what, what we do. You know, when you're a company like Anarchy, whose job is to find talent and get them ready for that next level, they might be ready for a long time before they get it. But when they get it, they have to make those things priority. And that is, you know, it can get a little dicey for us because I'm sure this won't be the first time this happens. I'm sure we will announce them again and they'll have to pull off or something like this. But that is what that's what it is. And can't fault them for it. Our job is to support them. And when they're in Spalding Hall, to support them when they're home. And that, that's pretty much what that is, what it's going to be. And honestly, like that's one of the reasons we started Anarchy and kept it going from LWA days is because we saw there wasn't a good support system for local wrestlers to improve past the area. Like, well, I mean, and the promoters don't, didn't want them to. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Get, 
<laughs> would get mad at them if they would start going more places. It was said you're going, to, you know, you're going against the family or whatever kind of bullshit they'd say. I'm not going to get it. I feel like we we've, we've been bitter enough on this. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to get well, into all that. That's the thing, though. I'm just saying, like. That, that's what this is. Like, a lot of people, but then we'll have people to replace them. We'll build up new people. We'll introduce you to new people who you're like, oh, I would never watch this, this, or this. And then here's, like, something else. And you're like, oh, all right. Fuck yeah, man. Well, right. I mean, before, I mean, you know, the besties and Gary have pretty much been here since day one. But, you know, Jake Parnell was not a top guy in the area during our first run. Now he is. And you will start seeing new people start getting built up. And I mean, that's my job. <laughs> that's kind of, that's pretty much, it's very easy to put matches on a piece of paper. That is not the job. <laughs> the job is to brand your product, get people to emotionally invest in your product. And then also, you know, groom talent and cultivate talent and, and not that it's like, you know, oh, I'm the one that got the besties and Gary ready for this. That's not the point. I mean, those guys, they're super talented. and They would have did this probably without anarchy one way or the other. But the job of the promotion is to be there to help cultivate talent. And I don't, you know, if I'm being frank, I don't feel like there's another promotion in the area that does that. And that's what we are here to do and by doing that you're going to have times where guys aren't available um we've already been asked but if, if i'm going to replace them right now the answer to that is no uh we gotta see how tickets do um if ladies night ticks up and then hog wild ticks up who knows? I mean, I might be able to replace them and do something like that, but we can't go crazy because July is a mass is a big budgeted show that you know has to do well and May has to do well. And right now, I, we we're not going to be replacing them. But if things tick upward, then we'll probably be able to replace them. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of like the state of the anarchy address. I. Things are going well. I hope to see Ladies Night improve, and I'm really happy for the besties. I hope no snore, no snore. Holy shit! I hope no snowstorm hits. Is my concern. Well, if it does that, that's someone telling us to stop running. Yeah. <laughs> and then it will, I mean, if a snowstorm hits, and the, this Friday when nothing is being forecasted, or in the in the end of May, it's over. <laughs> We're just not gonna run. No, well, I, mean, I, hope we, I don't think you don't think we came across too bitter there, did you? No, <laughs> I don't think so. No, but we're about to because when you bring something <laughs> to the ring, and another worker destroys it without your permission, brother, that unbelievable is to me. So unacceptable. It's like that guy should now have his gear ripped up, like his favorite gear well, that he spent you, the most money on. Do you remember? Do you remember? And I never knew, well, actually, you wouldn't remember this, because I don't think you were, maybe you were with me, but it might have been Gary, because I think this was before we even started training, now that I think of it. And I have no idea if this was a work or anything, because I wasn't even in the business at this time. Yeah. 
But I remember watching Chaz Wesson. Rip Corey Twist's Kick Pass. Twist. Yeah, there you go. Were we in the business? We were happened? in the business. We were on the show. Well, then how the hell didn't we ask him? If it, you know what? I've heard a rumor that Corey Twist is going to be hanging out Saturday at uh, PWCS. If he's there, I'm going to ask him about that. And then for the next, for the next podcast... I'm going to have that answer on there. I've always wondered if that was real. So basically, we were on a show at Gateway Championship Wrestling. Chaz Weston went to superplex Corey Twist. And what he did is instead of grabbing the tights or anywhere like the waist, he ripped his kick pad, his brand new kick pads. Like he grabbed them and then he just ripped at them and got him over. If I'm remembering this right. I, see, I remember it different. I remember he had Twist on the ground was like working heat on him. And had him like in a chin lock, and then kind of reached over Twist and started ripping at his kick pad. See, I remember that after the superplex. Uh, who knows? See, we're going to have to ask him. Now we're just speculating on here, and that's not right. So. I heard a demon entered the body <laughs> of Chaz Wesson, and then. Uh, yeah, but, but the point is if I bring something to the ring and you break it without asking me, prepare to defend yourself. Because I'm going to whip your fucking ass. Or, or prepare to pay for it. To. <laughs> like, I mean, so we wouldn't get there. If they broke it we were already out there, I'd be telling them to pay for it after I'd already put my hands on it. That's <laughs> ridiculous to me. I, I, I mean, it really is. But apparently the guy's then, briefcase has been reordered through some of the people. I think Ethan Page. Ethan Page. One yeah, of the yeah, internet, shout out to Ethan Page. Yeah, one of, the, one of Twitter's biggest bullies, Ethan Page, has uh, <laughs> offered to help this guy. He's not going to listen. He doesn't care about us. I could say whatever I want about Ethan Page. I think he's a handsome young man, but he doesn't get a um, shit. It's, uh, it was cool of him to do that. Uh, some other people kind of like offered to pitch in and do it as well, like to help out. And then that's what's cool. Like, it's very hard, especially with wrestling Twitter, to, I mean, people just bitch about everything. Like we are now. But, but, uh, it is cool to see, like, some people rally together to, like, replace this guy's briefcase. Uh, and, and, like, to me, like, you know, people kind of shit on Jim Cornette all the time. Like, but I don't really agree with all that. Like, I, I do think Jim Cornette makes good points. I think so he's when a I say, like, when I say, like, old school mentality, I more mean, like, this old school mentality that I call bully mentality, which is, oh, you're the new guy. We're going to throw you in a battle royal and chop the shit out of you. Or you're the new guy. We're going to treat you like shit in the locker room. That's the kind of mentality that has to go. And when somebody is seasoned as fucking Nick Dinsmore gets on Twitter and is like, oh, no, I agree. Don't bring it to the ring if you don't want it broke. Come on, man. Like you've been doing this long enough at a high level. How could you how could you think that? But that's that old fucking mentality that has to go. I bring my fucking neck to the ring too. I'm not telling you you can break my fucking neck. Like <laughs> it, it, it's unbelievable to me. And Well yeah, it's like how would you feel if somebody took like so you gave somebody an arm drag, you powdered out, took your Eugene jacket and then just ripped it in half. <laughs> right. And I, I, I see... Now, if he was trying to say 
like Jimmy Hart's megaphones, a heel prop. So the baby face would take it. But I, I mean, I'm sure the baby face didn't break Jimmy Hart's megaphone without asking him. And if he did, Jimmy Hart's working for a multi-million dollar company that can replace it. He's not a fucking indie guy not making a living wage who now has to go into his own fucking pocket to replace something that you broke without permission. And to me, the fact that this is even debatable is the problem. Like, it's pretty simple. You tell a fucking two, three-year-old kid, don't break shit that's not yours. You shouldn't be telling a fucking grown man, hey, don't break this. I didn't give you permission. So if you do it, you need your fucking ass beat. And I wish there were more people in the business that would do that. What is it? Like, wrestling don't mean that much to me? No, I don't. Like, if someone would have broken something of mine like that, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably been taken to jail. Because <laughs> it's just, it's unbelievable. Which is I don't funny, under- because we've had props before, and I think nobody, like, the rule book or whatever, or the megaphone, like, has all been taken away, but never broken. Shawshank, no. taken away, never broken. The Vikings right. did shit with them. I, uh, the Carnies did shit with the Dolphin. Like, they never popped them. Never nothing. Uh, Greg asked if he could pop the Dolphin. I said no, and he respected that. Yeah, it's because most people, and that's the thing, too. Most people are decent people, and it's just the, the idiots are the ones that are easier. Like, they're usually the loudest or... They say stuff so off the wall that it's like that becomes the more popular opinion. Like that becomes what's shared because it's everybody shitting on this person's negative opinion. That's kind of what happened with this. I mean, a hundred people were saying that's bullshit. This wasn't right. And the one person, Nick Dinsmore, is saying what he said. But that keeps getting shared around because now everyone's piling on that. I mean, come on, man. Don't break shit that's not yours. Pretty simple deal here. Yeah. Or break shit that's yours and get Matt Jackson to lay his hands on you. One or the other, man. Well, I don't have to worry about that. I'm not uh, I'm not active anymore. But, hey, if you want to pay me to come sit in your locker room and someone breaks something that's not, you know, theirs and you want me to slap the shit out, I'd be willing to do that for a nominal fee. Uh, just email me, Abernathy, SLA at gmail.com. Or if you want help running a wrestling show, uh, Matt also uh, no does one, that. No, no one's gonna take me up on that. Well, everybody's a genius. Nobody's. Gonna... <laughs> um. So yeah. Anyway, ladies' night this Friday. Again, if you want GA tickets, front row is sold out. Uh, we are doing a pre-event party for that. You can either pay for that at the door. Or you can use the uh, PayPal link, which is paypal.me slash St. Louis Anarchy. Uh, but, I mean, you can also just pay at the door. It's only five uh, bucks. To get, Either way. Right. To get tickets, uh, you're going to want to go to ladiesnight19.bpt.me for the $15 GA. Again, front row is sold out. What uh, what's the match you're most excited for? Because mine honestly is Hudson Envy versus Kylie Ray. I know Hudson personally. Um, we became friends over IWA Tournament of Death uh, double shot. So like that's the one I'm I'm excited to see her in action. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that one. I'm excited. I'm excited for all of it. I'm, I'm, uh, Shotzi and Laney Luck. I'm excited for Laney's. Laney's gotten really good over the last year. Uh, Shotzi's really good. I really enjoyed her stuff at Journey. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward. Like we're supposed to sit down with Marty Bell and record this very podcast. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Nah, she's falling off the face of the world, brother. You're lucky if she'll show. <laughs> She doesn't listen to this. You know what? I wonder what shit we could get away with saying about people before somebody well, would either let's, let's tell that person. Now, <laughs> nah, let's, let's find, find out. out. Fuck you, Marty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I like Marty. Oh, man. Cool. Uh, How long has this been? Uh, 22 minutes? 23 minutes? Ah, shit. That ain't bad. Nah, dog. We can cut it off at any point. We can keep rambling. <laughs> We're just talking. Let's cut this. All right, guys, back to the podcast. All right. Oh, um, real quick, thanks for sticking with us for like 20-whatever minutes. Um, I found out that if you have a skip chapter feature in whatever podcast app you're listening to, you can use that if you don't want to listen to the Donovan Ruddick section. Donovan Ruddick is a touchy subject, but he's not something we could shy away with. Um, he needed to be discussed. So you can skip over that, and then we will get right to our time in Texas. Uh, otherwise, if you don't have that option, I think skip 10 minutes, 10, 11 minutes ahead. Um, it'll still skip out of us talking about Donovan Ruddick. So right. there you go. This has been too long. Your moment in wrestling or food for thought or whatever we call this. I don't know. I'm, I'm fucking drunk. I'll, I'll see you guys someday. Uh, you won't. Fuck you. And we're back. Whatever great uh, segment was there or nothing was there. We tried to record just a little bit of what was going on and uh, it didn't work. So because we can never do anything the first time, here's the second part. But we were only like two minutes in anyway. Of uh, The origin of Texas. Right. So Gary would always message us plays called Anarchy Championship Wrestling. And they never get back to him. So... He told me, like, he's messaging this place. They'll never get back to me. It'd be really cool to go there. It looks like their shows are really good. So, like, one day, randomly, 2 o'clock in the morning, I message them. Copy, paste the resume gimmick, send it over. Uh, they get right back to me. <laughs> and uh, we set up to go down there. No guaranteed pay. Just showing up and working and hoping to, you know, come back. Who's in the car load? It is me, Deborah, Gary, and Ryan Masters, who's a listener of the show. So, hello, Ryan. Hello, um, Ryan. We make our way to Texas. Uh, the trip down, nothing to really ride home about. Just we get to Dallas, and there's a whole bunch of cars on fire on the side of the highway. <laughs> we couldn't really figure that out. We like to call uh, that the we, Dallas welcome nowadays. Right. So then we, we stop at a gas station that I guess was in a bad part of town because Gary comes out of the gas station. There's this dude there spraying himself up with Windex, wiping <laughs> himself down. Gotta um, get clean, man. We stay at a hotel, actually. I, mean, we, I didn't get this part in on the first recording, so this is cool. Uh, it's like a cheap-ass place called the Texas Inn. And there's a chair in this hotel that's just littered with, like, blood stains and, like, shit stains. horrible. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. We stay there, make our way to San Antonio for the first show. Um, you know, just a basic show. I think it was called PWA. Uh, I work with Gary. Um, but this is where we very first meet Jacob Pliskin, which 
over the years, we all become really cool with Jacobs. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, but our, our interactions, don't, I guess, don't start out well. He introduces himself. We introduce ourselves. He's like, oh, you're the two guys I'm squashing tomorrow at ACW. And I was like, oh, okay. But I had been told that me and Gary were going to work with each other, you know, so we could show what we could do. Uh, we would have did whatever, obviously. But it would have kind of sucked to come uh, fucking 16 hours one way and we just get squashed and not get to really show what anything. Uh, so I have to call Darren after this show to figure out where we're supposed to meet up with the guy we're staying with. So in that conversation, I ask him, I go, hey, uh, are we still working each other tomorrow? Because I met a guy that said he's squashing us. I just didn't know what was going on. He, he assures me we're still working with each other, that Jacobs was confused. Um, we go to an HEB, because that's where this guy works at that we're staying with. Uh, I guess Darren tells him we're on our way, because I walk into this grocery store having no idea who I'm looking for, and uh, he approaches me. Uh, he's a little person, and that's who we're staying with. We go back to his apartment. He keeps his apartment, not at a work 50 degrees, not just like, oh, it's kind of cold in here. He keeps his apartment at a shoot 50 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it was bitter cold. Uh, we sit on his couch. He sits in a chair, like just kind of staring at us. Finally, Gary's like, hey, uh, so I think we're going to go on to bed. He goes, okay, it's up. He goes to bed. No pillows, no blankets, just us in a shoot 50-degree apartment <laughs> freezing our asses off. We're taking our gear out, covering up with our gear, uh, covering up with bath towels that we had with us to try to stay warm. Now, fans of ACW commentary might know this gentleman as the son of Galliano Lane. Former yeah, famed ACW fucking commentator, Galliano Lane. Well, and we worked on shows with this guy for years, and I can't tell you his, his real name. I couldn't okay, tell you that, the real name of half the people that work at Anarchy. <laughs> I apologize, but I do not know your name. We called him the son of Galliano Lane. Yes. Um, we stay at his apartment. Um, the next day we go to ACW. Uh, we, we do the old pleasantries of the hellos. And Jacobs again is like, oh, uh, heard you guys are scared to work me. I go, no, not afraid to work you. I just didn't know if that's what we were doing or not. And he just kind of walks away. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fantastic. Like we, uh, we just pissed this fell off <laughs> and it's, we were, we haven't even debuted yet. Hell yeah, man. Um, I wrestle with Gary. We have a good little match. Uh, we're told we can come back. Uh, you know, it was a, the first time was a money-losing venture. I mean, Darren paid us and paid us fairly well for, you know, two guys that he didn't even know and that weren't there on a guarantee or anything like that. I mean, yeah. he, he, he didn't give us like a, he didn't be like, here's five bucks a piece. <laughs> he, he took care of us, but it wasn't, you know, enough to cover everything. But 
we just appreciated whatever that we were just wanting to get our foot in the door of a place that we had never been. Yeah. So you fast forward down the road, uh, some early highlights there, or like the second car load that goes down, me, Gary, Dingo, and Nick Tyson. We have a very good tag match our first time there. We get like a standing ovation. It was like the first time in our early career where we had a match where like standing ovation, the please come back chant. Yeah. Um, Is anybody else cool on that show with you? Yeah, Yamato and BB Hulk were on that card. <sighs> and uh, Toshio, who's like the liaison for Dragon Gate USA. Really cool at guy. At that time. Our or friend. USA, just Dragon Gate Japan. Like, Our personal there. friend. <laughs> and, like, they pull us to the side and, like, put our match over. So that was, like, at that time, I could we could have fucking been hit by a semi-truck on the way home and would have had a successful career. Like, <laughs> the fact that those guys pulled us aside really put the match over, that was really cool. Um, well, we go... What? I'm going to say, the semi-truck does come later. Well, that comes when we go to Chicago. <laughs> it's a whole different story. Wow. Um, you know, we go down a couple times with that little car load. We have another really good tag match, but that's the tag match where I fuck my foot up, which, you know, ends up becoming a real big problem through my whole entire life after that, but that's for another podcast. Um, so, does we anybody have else, well, before we get, does anybody else go with you on the th second one? Somebody who know. maybe drives a little crazier than I do? I don't know. Who Adam Raw, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. He goes with us on that second trip and almost rear ends a guy going about 85 miles an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have those guys at first, but Nick Tyson was quitting and coming back all the time. Raw couldn't commit to going there all the time. Dingo's flaky. So we didn't have, like, a carload of guys that I could rely on. Like, they're going to be here all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's where you come in. <laughs> I tell Darren, <clears throat> like, like, hey, I'm a part of a tag team. Let me bring my tag partner. He wants to do this. He will come here every time. And I don't have to struggle to put Carlo together. And I didn't, so, though. You lied on my behalf. I appreciate that. <laughs> so that's where you come in. And then we take the, the trip that is me, you, Gary, Deborah, and the future Donovan Ruddick, which I guess we will go on a small aside <clears throat> and talk about Donovan Ruddick, because this will be the only time we ever do it he is he does he will show up again but we will only really talk about him in here yeah we're, we're, we're gonna talk about donovan ruddick's whole deal right now and then we will never talk about it again uh i guess for fans that may not want to hear about donovan ruddick i don't know what we should where are we at on time right now uh about 10 time. minutes 10 minutes yeah let's say if you don't want to hear about donovan ruddick you can fast forward, let's say, 10 minutes, and we'll probably be done talking about him. Yep. And I'll try and remember that at the 20-minute mark, we can... Um, oh, you know what? 
let's uh, let's break here. Say this is a whole thing, and then I'll title something specifically about him, and then we'll, it'll just be multiple parts of the episode that we have to upload that no one will know about. How's that sound? Hey, we're producing on the fly here, folks. Only a dollar menu mid card. Boom, boom, boom. Who is George Jr. and why did you wrestle them at AAPW? Oh man, George Jr. was like one of the. He actually is no longer with us. Uh, he did like a moon dog type gimmick. He passed away a couple of years ago. Huh. All right, well, let's break now on that sad news. And when we come back, we'll talk about Donovan Ruddick. And if that's not what you want to hear, you can come back to uh, after Donovan Ruddick. Okay, if you're with us, we're about to talk about Donovan Ruddick. Um, and if you don't want to hear this, please skip this section of the podcast. I think you can do that um, just by pressing forward, and it'll take you to the next part. Uh, if not, I think you can just, like, it, I think it segments it um, so you can see. Uh, and this should only be about 10 minutes, so even if it doesn't, skip about 10 minutes in advance. Okay, so Donovan Ruddick, uh, he's a guy that we used in LWA. Um, we used to call him the shitty Illinois champion because he was the champion of like every shit fed there was at that time in town. And the reason uh, for it was because he was like, what, seven foot something, you know? No, he's six foot nine because fucking, uh, Fist or Mike Gord would always promote him on his fucking flyer as instead of like six. Uh. The Dash 69 monster. monster. Yeah, yeah. It was a 69 monster. You're right. Um, but anyway, like we start using Brian, uh, and he becomes our friend. Uh, I mean, I would say he. I mean, I, he was a friend of mine. I, yeah. At, at one time, uh, we would do some trips to Indiana, have a good time. He'd throw a New Year's Eve party every year. We go to that. He'd come over to the house. I mean, Brian was a friend. Uh, we take him to Texas. Horrible. It was terrible. Uh, just terrible to travel with. Uh, bitch the whole time. Uh, Freaked out because we had we, map quest directions? No, we had handwritten directions. We From would print out the map quest, hmm. and then we'd write them down, too. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, you have handwritten directions? Oh, this is crazy ridiculous. Like, he was just a... Uh, Horrible, horrible person to travel with. So for long term, do what on long term trips? Like he was all right when we'd go to Indiana, but for Texas, well, there's a reason right. he only comes us one time. Yeah, he's a one and done on Texas. Like for these long trips, you have to have a carload that you want to travel with. I mean, sure, you can do like we did a lot of one and done trips with people that I wouldn't necessarily want to travel with. But Texas is something that we did all the time, and you had to have a good car. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you know, Brian ends up going on to get signed to WWE. Uh, I remember telling Brian before he went to WWE, I said, if you go there with the same attitude you have now, you're never going to make it. You need to go there and act like you've never trained a day in your life, do what they tell you to do, and you'll be okay. But Brian did have an ego, and Brian was difficult to work with. He never wanted to put anyone over all of his ideas. Like, he would even start in LWA, sit in on, like, I guess, creative meetings, because at this time in LWA, 
like I booked it with Adam Raw, but like Tim Pickerel and you and Brian, we'd all just sit there and kind of throw ideas around. And Brian's ideas always seem to revolve around him winning the belt. Um, Which he does eventually. Yeah, he definitely, and he also had issues. Like he had a lot of anger issues and uh, insecurity issues, which those two don't really go well together. Right. And yeah, I, mean, there, I remember there was a time at Veta Sports Complex, I thought I was going to fight him because he was real mad about losing or whatever. And me and Raw were trying to talk to him. And he starts punching the bleachers. And I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Wasn't th- Was this the show that, like, me and Josh, like, had gone off because we were tired for some reason? So we just kind of, like, laid down and, like, he just like he just punched a bleacher next to us to wake us up? Right, yeah. That's yeah. the show. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. that was fucked up. Yeah. But even with all that, he was a friend. I mean, my he would always go to my brother and ask how his matches were. He really valued my brother's opinion. Man. He, he was still a friend of ours. He goes to WWE, um, ends up not working out. He gets hurt. Um, there's different stories about, like, you know, how he handled those things. Uh, the story I would always hear was, you know, people get hurt. They have their surgery. They recover for a bit. But then they still come to, like, there was no TPC at this time, but they would still come to the classes and just sit on the side and watch. Apparently, he didn't do that. He just kind of collected his check and never showed up. That's the stories I would hear. Um, obviously, he's not here to defend himself, but that's the side of the story I heard. He ends up getting released. We bring him back for an anarchy show. He has a good match with Roth. We're slated to bring him back again. Unfortunately... You know, he does a terrible thing. Um, I talked to him 24 hours before he did, you know, he ends up murdering a girl, uh, brutally murdering her. And I talked to him 24 hours before he did it. And he never, because he was supposed to come up and work for us like two weeks after this. And he wanted to play. NBA 2K, you'd want to play me online. I couldn't at that time. we chat on the Xbox fucking thing. And then he calls me. We talk NBA. Uh, he don't mention anything about, you know, I'm real upset or anything like that. He, he don't mention nothing. Uh, we get off the phone. I say, you know, man, see you in two weeks. We hang up. Um, next day... Alex uh, Herzog calls me, which he never calls me. Uh, and he goes, hey, have you uh, seen Brian's Facebook? I say, no. He says, well, you should probably check it out. I think he's I think he's trying to harm himself. So I go look at the Facebook. That's the infamous picture of a, like a arm with a gash in it. We later find out that's not his body, that, that's the victim's. And, you know, he I try to call him. He won't pick up. Uh, he's pretty much from there. <laughs> goes on a, he's, he's driving, goes on a high-speed chase. Police get him, and he's arrested and charged with uh, first-degree murder. And I believe he has struck a plea deal where he pled guilty. 
so that they wouldn't sentence him to death. And he's serving life in prison right now. And that's the story of Donovan Reddick. Yeah. Um, sad. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's a really sad story. Like, we kind of glossed over a lot of things, obviously, because we're trying to, like, kind of get this out there. Um, yeah. I mean, he was... Brian was a Brian. friend. And, but, you know, sometimes you can't help everyone as much as you'd like to. Well, Brian, Brian had problems. I, I'm kind of surprised he did what he did, but Brian had a problem with respecting women yeah. even before this. And, you know, I'm not going to say he's a good dude. Cause he's obviously not. But, you know, he at one time was a friend. I mean, it's tough for me. Brian's not the first friend I have that's in prison for murder. So it's a little difficult. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, the dude's, like, you know, wasn't ever a friend of mine. Like, he was. And unfortunately, he made a terrible decision that he's got to live with with the rest of his life. And he deserves to be where he is right now. And that's about it for him, I guess. Yeah. Um, so on the trip to Texas, the first trip, he is with us. And he yeah. is a, uh, a huge, huge pain in the ass. Like, he's, like, as we said, six foot nine. So, like, we have to, we always get a rent-a-car. And, like, he's, he keeps, like, putting his knees in the back of seats. Like, oh, I want to get out and stretch. And as someone who's six foot five, I can understand that. But, like, my God, it was terrible. Um, yeah. He didn't want to team with Gary. Because I remember he bitched about that. And then the next day... Yeah. He'll, don't we work? He didn't want to be face. Yeah. But that's what was teaming with Gary. But the next right. day, didn't we work for Rudy Boy too? Yep. And then he te- then then we switched teams. So it was you and Donovan Ruddick as heels versus me and Gary as faces. Just so we yeah. wouldn't have to listen to him bitch and complain. Um, yep. He also tries to... Uh, I don't remember her name, but he tries to have sex with one of the workers in a hallway. Yeah. And I think if they would have had a room, it would have happened, but a hallway where we can all go back, she was not about to have that. So No. Um, and on the way home, he was a pain in the ass, and he puts a dent in the door, if I remember right, too. Doesn't he, like, well, He doors a car purposely when we get to the venue in Austin. Yeah. Because he's pissed off, yeah. So... Uh, that's that's basically the end of the Donovan Reddick. We're at the 10-minute mark, so let's cut it here, and then um, we'll start talking about more of Texas stuff. Cool. So this one will be a little bit longer because we got 10 minutes of Reddick. Okay, well, that was depressing to think about, but we're back now, as we always come back to you, um, and we're going to talk a little, bit of a little more ACW, uh, and then we're going to leave you with a bit of a teaser. Little tease for more for more Texas action. Um, right. So the first match we have uh, obviously includes the uh, Donovan Ruddick we've talked about. And it's a four team match where it's uh, the Halloween Crew, Dylan Stone, Nathan Sin, us, and then uh, Gary and Ruddick. And that's our that's my debut at ACW in this Fatal Four Way Tag Match. Right. Uh, the only big things I can remember about this match is I remember. Uh, Ruddick border tosses one of the dudes to the floor and then hits like an undertaker over the top rope dive. But, you know, if, I, if I'm if i remembering right, 
Man, Gary double shot this. Remember, we leave after this, and then that's where me and Gary go to work for Dusty Wolf and get squashed by Superstar, Big Daddy, whatever the fuck, Dallas. If that's the case, then I came with you because I remember that whole fucking... Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. We did We did this. This was the open. Jumped in the car down to San Antonio. Me and Gary are getting squashed by this guy, both of us. Yeah. But it's a great fucking payday. No, yeah. And and we get the I just remember Big Daddy Dick Dallas storyline. Right. And I just remember this dude like, "Don't worry, I'll take care of you." Blah blah blah. And we're just there to get squashed. Ah. I'm just thinking like, "Okay, okay." He's fucking warming up at the entrance way, and fucking Dusty Wolf comes up to me and Gary and goes, "Hey, this guy is real green. Take care of him out there for me, please." <laughs> like, "Oh, man." This guy was talking to us like he was the fucking, like, John Cena or something. He's so we go out there, he squashes us. Yeah. Um, nothing to it, but... Uh, do, you, do you remember his tagline? Oh, God, no. You if you don't did. know Dallas, you <laughs> don't know Dick. Yep, his name was Dick Dallas. Yeah, the fucking genius. I know. He was over with Deborah because the whole way home we just kept going superstar. <laughs> like I don't even remember it all, but he had a huge fucking tagline, like moniker of all these nicknames. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was cool to go work for Dusty Wolf, and he really took care of us just to get squashed. So that was cool. Well, yeah, I mean, it was always nice. Um, when we return, it is you and I versus the mysterious pleasure of Julio and Junior Garza. Yeah, I think that was the first time we got to really show any of our stuff as a tag team. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember it went probably okay. I, I imagine it does. Like, they, they weren't bad. Also, Gary actually wins the Young Guns 30 title uh, in a four-way. Yeah, I mean, Darren, he pushed us all pretty quick. Um, yeah, as we're about to talk about. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, and like, I'm sure we'll say this a million times over the course of us talking about Texas and like adding Vega to the car and shit, the people we meet, like, Texas becomes like a second home to us. Like, we, we've, we met so many fucking good people down there that we become friends with. Like, we've probably lost, I mean, at least me, I don't know who you still talk to, but I've probably lost touch with. 95% 95% of these people, but they were all good people. And we, they're people that we were fucking seeing almost just as much as we were seeing our friends or whatever in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, well, actually one of those people who I would consider a, a friend. Um, and you probably do too, is actually, I think Chris heroes on this show. We wrestled the Garza. And, uh, so is yeah. Daphne who I would also consider a friend. Um, yeah, I remember, after this show, we go party. Is it on this show we go to 6th Street after? And yep. Daphne gets the tattoo? Yep, she gets her wrist, uh, like, sigh or whatever it was. But yeah, this is that show. We go down to 6th Street, and we this is the first time we go to 6th Street, too. And it's pretty fucking cool, blown man. Blown away. Yeah, we were blown away by it. It's pretty much just a street that's shut down, and there's people everywhere partying down this whole stretch of road. And it, it was really cool. And yeah, like Daphne becomes somebody that we, you know, 
wrestling friendships are odd. And I mean, I'm sure there's, it's like this in almost any line of work, but like, you know, Daphne, through this period of time, we were good friends with her and see mm-hmm. her every month. We'd go hang out, but then you eventually just lose touch with people and you go years and not speak to them. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you're any less friends, I guess, but, uh, like it's just a, anybody who would open kind of yeah. friendship. Yeah. And, uh, and like one yeah, of the time going, I was like in heroes kind of the same way. He's a guy that you know, I've become pretty good friends with over the years, but you know, there'll be stretches of time, six months or so won't hear from the dude. And then he'll just box me one day and we'll bullshit for like three hours on Vox, And then, might not hear from dude again for another four months. This wrestling friendships are weird. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, like when we were, when we were going down to Florida just about every month for FIP uh, before we were fired by Trevin Adams. That <laughs> son of a bit. No, he never fired us. Uh, he no, actually he never gave us the courtesy. You <laughs> Um No, Trevin was amazing. They just they just didn't yeah. want like people who. Whatever. We just never got used after well, we went I, I retired. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I took the NWL job during part of that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Daphne offered for us to stay with her a couple of times because we were friends. Um, so yeah, so the next time we come to Texas, it's actually the debut of, uh, of one of uh, my alternate egos in that Gary J beat Super Electro for the ACW U30 Young Gun title. Uh, yeah, Gary played Electro once down there, too. Yeah. Um, we did a hair versus mask, and I lost my hair. And I remember letting fans cut off chunks of my hair for 10 bucks. I made, like, 120 bucks off that. That was a good deal. Um, yeah. You and I, though, we wrestled JT LaMotta and Sean Vax. And I remember that being a pretty good fucking match. Yeah, I mean, JT Lamato was the man down there. Uh, yeah. Through, through a lot of our run. And, uh, you know, ACH openly talks about the stuff that he would take from Lamata and what he learned from Lamata. Like, JT Lamato was the man. Uh, some LWA fans or longtime Anarchy fans might remember Lamata. He came up to St. Louis a couple times. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Sadly, he's passed away. But uh, he, he is alive. He's oh alive. my god! Also on this show, a Daphne again, and Mister Jerry Lynn, and we'll talk about him a little bit more. But uh, yeah, Jerry's uh, cool. Jerry's the fucking man. Uh, so the next time we're there, it's real weird. Um, we have a. I don't even know the best way to describe this, but it is a like a pre-show tag title shot, and you and I actually win the tag title belts. Yeah, I don't remember that. I mean, I obviously remember what we do next, but yeah, I don't remember this part. Yep, and on this show, Tyson actually defeats Gary for the U30 belt, and... Uh, Super Electro wins the hardcore title for like a minute. Uh, and then they change the rules of the match so that Jacob Ladder wins. So I am a complete Grand Slam champion in ACW, in case anybody was wondering. No one was, but I just wanted to say it. Uh, 
And then that's interesting. I, I don't remember Tyson coming down too many times when you were coming. I don't think he. I don't think he drops the belt in Texas. I think he drops it at an LWA show or somewhere along the way. And it, it, it was just. You're right. I think that yeah. Um, then he drops it back to Gary. Yeah, he does. Uh, and then we are the semi-main event. The main event is Jimmy Jacobs versus Mike Dell. We are the semi-main event, and it's a submission squad versus Scott Summers and Mr. Jerry Lynn. Yeah, do we want to talk about Jimmy real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Jimmy, because then we can end on a cliffhanger with Jerry. All right, so Jimmy Jacobs, I mean, we obviously brought him into NWL, but we would see Jimmy all the time in Texas and then other shows we do. And IWA Mid-South is a big one. We saw him a lot on too. And I, Jimmy was always kind of like, like, Jimmy's Jimmy. People that know him know what that means. People that don't. You'll know when you meet him. What that means. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy. So we would always, in the car, be like, you know, let's fuck with him. And we would always pretend that we were so happy to see him. Like, we would come up and go, oh, hey, Jimmy. How you been, Jimmy? And be, like, real happy to see him. I mean, we were happy to see him. Like, we weren't like, we didn't hate Jimmy Jacobs. It was just kind of fun to, you know, because he was, Jimmy Jacobs is a very somber individual. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Hey, guys. (laughs) That'd be it. Yeah. And then, you know, we bullshit with him. Uh, Then we force him to interact. Yeah. A fun story that stands out is we end up on this, what can only be described as a Texas shit bed in Dallas that runs out of a flea market. Yep. And it, Jimmy's there, too. He's miserable. Oh, he's hot so... As, it's hot as fuck in this place. He's it's so... About as, oh, my God. Yeah. It's the most miserable I've ever seen him. Yeah. And we're just kind of sitting there, and uh, some guy comes up, and he's like, oh, see you guys later or some shit. He's like, it's my birthday. And Jimmy goes, oh... Happy birthday, bro. And the guy responds with, yeah, man, you too, and walks off. And Jimmy, with this disgusted fucking look <laughs> on his face, just goes, it's not my fucking birthday, bro. <laughs> and that was just the Texas shit fed. Yeah, um, I think it was Wrecking Ball something something, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Because uh, we were their tag but, champs, and you had the IC belt, and I had the world heavyweight belt. Those They didn't have matching tag belts. Right, yeah, they were, uh, it wasn't a great place. And, I remember uh, yeah, I bought it. Go on. We'll, we'll give him a quick plug. Uh, if you go to the Dirty Rooks uh, YouTube channel, uh, he posts videos there. And his newest one, if you stick around till the end, he fucks with Jimmy Jacobs. So I'm very happy that uh, that, that tradition has continued because Fitchett fucks with them still. And it, it all started down in Texas. Yeah. And it, it was, you know, he was cool. And he had a run with their belt that was very good. Yeah. Uh, he's, Jimmy's he's, fantastic. He you know, he's miserable. Yeah, he, might, <laughs> he might be miserable, but he uh, is a fantastic performer. And if you give him a story that he can sink his teeth into, Oof. he can take it that extra mile and make it, like, really special. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, we defend the tag titles against Jerry Lynn and Scott Summers, and we are out of time, sadly enough. Oh, well. What a shame. Um, Let's talk for five more minutes about how out of time we are. Uh, (laughs) 
So, yeah, we're out of time. Um, we will pick this up another time when we're not sure what we're going to talk about. But in the meantime, we've got a couple. We actually have a couple of things down the pipeline. Um, what was supposed to be a, a Dirty Rook interview, we don't really like the audio, so we're probably going to redo it in person um, the next yeah, we time. Yeah, we got a couple things coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll promote them, but just know things could change. Like, I think we're going to record... We're gonna record one with Marty Bell. Uh, Ugh. And, no. and we, uh, <laughs> she don't listen to this. Yeah, I know. But when she shares this bad boy on her social media, that'll be good for us. Um, and then we also have a neat one lined up. I, I hope we're able to get it where it'll be pretty much what it's gonna be is like an hour of me, you, Vega, Fitchett, Gary, just kind of bullshitting on here. We're just gonna hit record and bullshit for an hour. We're supposed to. I think we're going to try to get that one at ladies' night or something. But oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, those are two we're about to hopefully record here soon. So we'll kind of see what's going to air and what order as we get it. Um, yeah. Neat. Got anything uh, you want to talk about? When does this come out? By the way, this will come out the Wednesday before, before ladies' night. Ladies night. So yeah, right. get your tickets for Ladies Night, Ladies Night 19.bpt.me. GA still remain. We'd love to see some more of those GAs start moving so that we can maybe do a Ladies Night Part 2. That would be neat. But until then, we'll see you next time with who knows what the fuck's going to happen. Or maybe it's a little more Texas. Let us know what you want. Hit us up on uh, our Twitters. Everyone gets mine wrong. It's pistol underscore danger. So anybody who's messaging Pistol Danger, talking to the wrong fucking guy, genius. Or you can message Matt at, at Pierre Abernathy, because you're too lazy to change it, right? You know how many Matt Jacksons there are in the world <laughs> I'm sticking with Pierre Abernathy. Fair enough. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks.